0: Welcome to KOEM Presents, a podcast produced by KOEM News Now and the four states' most watched news team. Welcome back, the final episode. We are at the season finale, if you will, of Behind the Weather Season 2. And of course, I had to get the dynamic duo <laughs> back, back again. For other... <laughs> I'll go with that. I'll be your young war. He's got a Joker purple on, actually. They are kind of matching a little bit today. But uh, no, we want to bring it back. We had a lot of fun in the last episode, and we're like, you know, let's bring it back on um, to close this thing out with a bang. Um, and before we get into anything, I have to thank our sponsors, obviously, who have been supporting us through this whole thing. Couldn't do it without you. Four State Solar, powered by CLX Energy, Stickland & Sticklin Law Firm, and Atlas Safe Rooms. Um, they're really great. Check them out on their respective websites. We'll talk about that more later on in the episode. As I said, probably five times already. How you guys doing? <laughs> Great.
1: Yeah, 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 not bad, not
0: bad. Not bad. Yeah. We uh, have some exciting things going. On. There's probably been, at this point, um, whispers. Um, of rumors. Yeah. Rumors of things that Somebody are happening. Somebody said something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of that is happening, in the. Um, the weather world and i feel like we're we are probably at a point now where we can talk a little bit more about it
1: all right let's just let it out okay i got some new ties
0: oh (laughs) breaking
1: guys i tell you you know it's about time i started shaking up the tie routine (laughs) oh no wait there was something else wasn't there
0: no i think there's maybe something a little cooler than a little yeah just a little bit no it comes with wheels it comes with wheels and it's gonna be doing some really cool stuff no we got a weather vehicle um, it's, mm-hmm. it's been in the works for a while now. Um, like I said, we've been doing some teasing and promotional stuff around it. Hopefully, if, if we can't talk about it, I guess you guys maybe won't hear it. Who knows? But, <laughs> um, no, we have a weather vehicle that we're hoping to kind of utilize in some capacity. And I know it kind of has some cool tech on board. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because it communicates
2: with your guys' system, correct? Right, yeah. We had the ability to stream from the field directly from the vehicle to our control room to where when we're out looking at the storms in person to kind of get a bird's eye view or a, a ground eyes view of what's actually going on, we can actually send that video back over our cell phones and over the equipment in the vehicle. And so uh, we're very excited about this tracker, uh, the storm tracker vehicle. And
1: Yeah, we, we're, we're still picking our it's official, been official name for it. Yeah, it. It's been a long time coming. It's something we started talking about Gosh, a few months ago now, mm-hmm. um, we got really excited. It was something that uh, we were wanting to do. But, of course, in this world, there's a lot that goes into that mm-hmm. because, oh, yeah. you know, we've got to plan for it. we got to determine, well, what's going to be the best thing? What does it need to have? Where are we going to get this stuff? What are we going to call it? You know, what you, all these different factors. And then, like Sam was saying, next is the technology. How does it communicate with the station? How do we keep tabs on it? You know, all these things. Um, and now, you know, on our uh, radar – we'll be able to actually track the vehicle's location. So when we're showing you a storm live on air from the video from this storm tracker, we can also go back to radar and show you the GPS location of where they are mm-hmm. so you know where they're at and where this is coming from. And it's, uh, it's exciting. Like, Oklahoma City stations have oh, they've got a, a helicopter and you know a half dozen more Yeah, they've got their fact, chopper hit- pilot is phenomenal at uh, oh, yeah. KWTV at News 9 go on YouTube. They have yep. all this stuff archived and they will go on for hours on yep. this coverage and uh David Payne down there yep. is phenomenal. Payne, yep. They've got Mike all these Morgan, storm trackers, yep. Mike Morgan at K4. Um both those stations have Just this massive fleet, and Mm -hmm. News 9 is a sister to News on 6 in Tulsa, and when Mm -hmm. there's a massive outbreak expected, they combine. So they've got two helicopters, and I don't know how many people in the field. (laughs) So we're going to have this one. We don't have the helicopter. (laughs) We have a
2: drone. We do have a drone. We do have a
1: drone, but it's just for us and for this area, it's something very exciting. Uh, This area's never been able to offer on television before, live in the field, Coverage on severe weather right. as it's rolling through.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the helicopters. In fact, uh, this year, just a, a couple of weeks ago, the Channel Six helicopter got hit by the tornado in Shawnee. Oh no! That's kidding. where they were. The hangar was located in Shawnee, oh, and so no. Channel Six, their helicopter, got destroyed oh. by that tornado. So. It's funny because normally the choppers are chasing the tornadoes. And so (laughs) this is kind of payback, I guess, for all those times. That is karma of the helicopters Mm. following around. So
1: we don't have all that. No. We don't have a chopper, but... (laughs) Maybe that's something next. Maybe, um,
2: maybe soon,
0: but
1: but still, again, I think the mo- the most exciting thing about having this vehicle is the fact that here in in our market, it's something that's never been done before. Oh yeah. TV stations here, we've used you know independent storm chasers, mm-hmm. and we've had them call in on a phone. We will have with this vehicle live dash cam video, right. live video feeds in the field, live, radar in, live the radar in the vehicle. We'll have a live video feed in the vehicle as well. So somebody's driving and somebody mm-hmm. from the weather team will be the passenger. So we'll have experienced folks out there actually tracking these storms live on the air and you're going to see it as it's happening. Right. And I think that that's going to be something that will be extraordinarily dynamic for people um this severe weather season and I think it's it's one of those things, it impacts people more when they see it. Right. We can talk about this tornado warning or this tornado that's on the ground, you know, out in in Allen County. We can talk about it all day. But if we have somebody live on the ground and we are showing you that just outside this community, this is the tornado we're talking about. That's it. It's dangerous. It's coming your way. I think that has a much greater impact on people to take action when we're able to bring them live coverage of this and say that's what's coming your way you need to take cover now
2: and we kind of talked about that in one of the other episodes about research has gone into what what can we do to make people take action and one of the things that they discovered in the research was if you actually show the tornado people have a tendency to respond and react and take action instead of going outside because we can show the radar map all the live long day as chris was mentioning oh yeah but a lot of that data goes over people's heads. Mm-hmm. They, they don't understand. the. I mean, they know the red is bad and the purple and the <laughs> greens. But when you start showing the velocity images and stuff like that and the storm relative motion, they're not going to understand that. But I guarantee if I show a live video of the tornado on the ground doing damage, that's going to cause people to respond. And I think also one of the other side benefits of having this vehicle is educational. Oh, of course. We yeah. will be taking this to civic groups, schools all across the four state areas, uh, to show kids and to teach kids about weather, the dangers of weather, and also how we collect data. This is also going to be equipped with a weather sensor, to where we can actually measure the inflow of the winds blowing into the storm, the temperature, oh, wow. yeah. rainfall, barometric pressure, humidity, dew point, all, all of this all of that.
1: meteorological stuff that we will use. And the, it's the other thing is, is we can we can also track this. This goes into its own research in a sense of here we are ahead of this storm here's the readings here's the data this is what we're picking up and if we maybe get behind the storm here's the readings, here's the data, here's what we're looking at. And, and it just goes into that whole network of, of, of building a a better weather aware community. And as Sam said, taking it out to the community is, is key as well.
0: And it's such a fine line for you guys. And and if you haven't listened to previous episodes of the season, I would definitely recommend it. But what Sam was talking about is like, you know, the fine line of that perception of the public and for you guys to kind of juggle that, but with that footage is so affirming. And then, you know, it's, i have to admit it's probably exciting for you guys to possibly you know depending on the timeline and stuff like that to be in the vehicle close to the storm hopefully within a safe distance but you know kind of for you guys have the opportunity well it gives
2: us greater confidence to tell people what actually is going on for example Mm -hmm. um when we had the storms earlier this season we had the large hail falling over there near lockwood and golden city um I was getting reports from the field of people that were actually there and the storm. And they were telling us we're getting four inch diameter size hailstones. And so that allows us, that gives us greater confidence to go on the air and say, you know, the radar is showing us this. It's one thing to say, the radar is indicating hail falling, Mm -hmm, but it's a whole nother thing to say radars indicating hail is falling. And not only that, but it's four inches on diameter. (laughs) Confirmed. And this is exactly confirmed on the ground. And so it is just going to give us another tool to use to give us more confidence and what we're telling folks what is happening. And that's always a good thing.
0: That's so awesome. And uh, like I said, I, when this is releasing, I'm not sure what extent of information will be out, but definitely be looking out for it on the streets yep. and out the Well, I know in June,
2: we're going to be uh, debuting it live on the air, I believe, at uh, Kia Roper oh uh, yeah which is the sponsor of the vehicle yeah. and so we'll be doing that uh, we're also going to be going around to various communities in the four state area each and every single month we b- do the news live yeah we're going to have the vehicle there at each one of those events so there's gonna be plenty of opportunities for people to actually check out the vehicle themselves and see what kind of doodads and oh, yeah. gizmos yeah. we've got <laughs> in it
1: yeah all of our koem roadshow events that we've got that's what sam's talking about once we debut this vehicle in june it will be at every single one of those that follow through the rest of this year uh it's not just something for severe weather season we get That's snow right. we get ice oh yeah this helps tell that tale even better um and we've done that with reporters i've been one right. of those reporters out in the field <laughs> in too in yep. the car in the but snow <laughs> in the snow with somebody driving but the difference is again a it's going to have a you know a camera in the right position so we're not trying to prop up one of our news cameras in the back of a car and i've turned around right, and the safety is paramount just, right this improves the safety and improves our coverage um and it, it it just ties into um as as folks have probably noticed especially on the the morning and noon news we've uh, kind of worked to develop a a network of traffic cameras um, mm-hmm. right around the joplin pittsburgh area Um, And and that just ties this all in. It it goes back to if we can show you what's happening, whether it's severe weather or severe winter weather, it just drives that point home where I talk about or Sam talks about or Doug. Yeah, you know, there's three inches of snow. The roads are slick. Well, let's pull up one of the seven different cameras in Joplin alone and show you this is how dangerous it looks out here. Like Mm -hmm. this is how the roads look. You don't need to go out and see it for yourself. Now we can show you that the main roads are covered in snow. They're covered in ice, whatever the case may be. And so this is just one of those things that goes back into, Seeing is believing, and (laughs) that's what the power of television is, and we're we're growing those resources here.
0: And this kind of leads to our next topic we want to talk about is when you guys do cut-ins or, you know, whenever you're determining your weather segments, you know, we're kind of looking at it from a a scientific and a broadcasting standpoint – you there's a lot of stuff happening obviously you know coordinating with master control and our directors and our our news producer um is that i guess one who's leading the charge you know you guys have to make that determination but is it off of your judgment or do you have to fit it into so like let's start first with you know your news segment um determining like how much time do i need because i only have so much time in the show
2: well i i think for me personally i think the the way it starts out is we're a team Mm-hmm. Me, Doug, and Chris, we all communicate on practically a daily basis of what is expected or what's to come. We're looking at data 10, 15 days out. And when we, when we see a pattern or if we see something that kind of like looks a little dangerous or potentially severe, okay, yeah. we begin discussing it amongst ourselves days, maybe even a week in advance mm-hmm. because the models are getting better and better at this. And then as we get closer to the event, we begin communicating more. You know, we are in the communications business. (laughs) So we begin communicating more, more or less internally first amongst ourselves. But then when it gets to the point where we have to start thinking about how are we going to inform the public and what resources are we going to need to do that or to make that happen, that's when we begin notifying other people on the team, namely the news department, master control. Yeah. All the people that are involved in that, we inform them, okay, Mm -hmm. Thursday looks to be a big, just as an example, Thursday looks to be a big day. We will then start coordinating with the news department so that they will make sure that they have the resources available to go out and get the video of the damage or whatever they need to do with that information. And so it's really a, a team effort, but it starts out with the weather team. Then we start engaging the news department and the other teams to make that happen. And then, let's say, the day of the event, it's all hands on deck. Um, even if we, in some way or another, need the sales team to be involved, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll even bring them in. Yeah. Uh, so it really is a team effort, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of it, uh, there's the, the timing of the event because right. we have morning news and then we have the evening news there's a bit of a gap in the afternoon. If the event's going to be in the morning and we've, you know, communicated that, then usually two, three days in advance, I'm talking with the morning producers and, and the director saying, hey, roughly between this time frame, it's looking like it's going to be pretty nasty. So we need to be prepared to go off the rail to, because the morning show is such a long period. Any severe weather in the morning has the potential to impact the actual newscast. Um, And and that's a little different than cutting into programming during the overnight hours or in the afternoon or evening in between newscasts. This is somewhat different in that we're already in the middle of this this newscast that we've got to go, okay, hold up. We've got to stop this. You've got to do this. And so we put different things in place. Um, They can actually hear my microphone in the control room without it going over the air. And as I'm watching the storms, all I have to do is just kind of whisper and say, hey, uh, next thing we need to go back to meet. We've got this going on. And then that's how we do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's a matter of coordinating. And in, in advance, like Sam was talking about, if we know, like he said, for example, on a Thursday, let's say this is Monday. We know that on Thursday it is, it's guaranteed we're looking at a nasty event. Then on that Monday, that Tuesday, we start telling our producers, there's already a preset time for weather in our newscast. We'll tell right. them, hey. I'm going to need this much more time. And as we get closer, I'm probably going to need a little more extra time to explain what's going on and what's getting ready to happen. And we got to coordinate so that we let them know that, Hey, We need extra time to talk about this severe event,
2: and we'll even notify traffic to let them know that we need to start dropping in PSAs about what to do during Mm -hmm. severe weather. How you know? How do you plan? And that way, it kind of it starts putting into people's minds that perception, yeah, that perception, and to start raising awareness, start getting people you know used to the idea. Okay, Thursday is going to be a significant event, and so it really is a a very. It's a it's a complicated process, but it's a very coordinated team effort.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of steps involved, but because we're so used to it, it's what right. we do, it's so fluid that you don't really see all the steps. We don't even realize all the steps involved well, because that's true. it takes Sam, Doug, and I coordinating. We talk to our producers. Who go from there? Who go from there? And it just—it's this fluid, this fluid event where you don't even realize all the steps involved to get ready for a severe weather event.
2: And and as far as the the cut-ins, you were wondering about that. Um, Basically, whenever a severe thunderstorm warning or tornado, uh, certainly a tornado warning, is issued, we go on the air immediately. That is immediate. Uh, Not only is it because we want to do it to keep people safe, but it's also in uh, in all respect, it's a federal. Requirement, you know, really? with the FCC, okay. I believe so, I um, where public safety is one of the tenements of them granting us a license. Yeah. And okay. so now, as meteorologists, we are also very cognizant of what is actually being broadcast. Like, for example, let's say it's the Super Bowl. Okay.
1: <laughs> obviously,
2: <becomes> <laughs> obviously, if it's the Super Bowl, do we really want to break in to cover a severe thunderstorm warning that is affecting a small area or a small population? These are things that we do have to take into consideration. Now, in that scenario, more likely what we would do is, first of all, we would take into consideration what programming are we airing right now? Uh-huh. Is there an opportunity for us to cover over a network promo oh, yeah, or yeah. a local promo? Or, and there's like this tier. It's like national promos (laughs) go first, then local promos, and then national breaks, and then local breaks, and then programming. It's like we don't want to break into programming until we absolutely have to or unless there's like literally lives at stake.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, that goes out the window. Yeah. And it's my hope that people understand that we do not break into programming because we like seeing ourselves on TV. (laughs) Okay. I know a lot of people may think that I don't like seeing myself on (laughs) TV to be honest. Exactly. I'd much rather be hunkered over a radar screen or whatever, rather than, you know, doing the TV thing necessarily, but we do it because there are lives at stake and Mm -hmm. property and damage and so forth. So of course, we get a lot of you know hate mail and hate emails when you know they live. Let's say they live in Benton County, Arkansas, and there's a tornado on the ground in Yates Center. People in Northwest Arkansas, they're probably like, "Dadgummit!" You know, you <laughs> broke into my favorite program because talking about a tornado that's like a hundred miles from me. Well, yeah, but what happens when the tornado's in Benton County and there's nothing going on in Yates Center? yeah so you kind of have to take that into consideration
1: yeah there's there's a number of, of, of steps and and the, the severity of the event is, is another factor as Sam mentioned you know a lone severe thunderstorm warning for a remote area in our viewing area something that's not got a significant impact. Yes, the storm is severe but it's not going to have a significant impact on on people's lives. We'll let – that's why we have those little bugs. That's That's why we have the little scrolling thing that comes up that alerts you without interrupting programming. But let's say we get a a derecho event like we had in uh, 2009, in May of 2009, the one that damaged one of our towers and took down the tower at KSN that is a life-threatening serious event on a larger scale over several counties that's something that warrants not only us cutting in but potentially depending on what's going on yeah wall. what we call wall-to-wall coverage and that's where we don't stop until the The event is over over. um and tornado warnings are one of those things too you may notice that too like we'll cut in more often for tornado warnings Mm -hmm. um we do wall-to-wall when we have a tornado that is confirmed on the ground doing damage. Radar indicated, we talked about that in other episodes. Radar indicated means the storm is spinning. We'll keep a very close eye on it. We're watching it on multiple radar sites. We're breaking in every so often to remind folks, hey, here's this tornado warning for such-and-such such county. If we get reports that this thing's on the ground, hence our storm tracker vehicle, right. if they were out there and they call in, hey, this thing yep. is on the ground now and it is doing damage, we go on the air and we do not stop until that tornado has lifted or the threat overall right. to people's lives is is over, and and part of that is people's lives are at stake people's lives could be in danger your life could be the one in danger that's why we do this but if people want to make a huge deal out of this and they can go back to the the legal side as sam said the fcc requires (laughs) that we provide life-saving information that's correct in granting us the airwaves we must do this because
2: the the, the airwaves are the public they belong to the public
1: and we have to provide this public service and one of them is these warnings
2: that's right hi i'm charlie sticklin
1: and I'm Sarah
0: Sticklin McDonald with the Sticklin & Sticklin Law Firm.
2: And I'm Mizzou Basketball's Trey Gomillion. Million. From the basketball court.
0: To the courtroom.
2: Trust in a winning team.
0: At Sticklin & Sticklin, our only focus is personal injury.
2: We've earned millions. And millions. For our clients since 1991.
0: So whether your case is worth thousands.
2: Or go millions. Sticklin & Sticklin is the firm for you. Sticklin & Sticklin it's a slam dunk.
0: We have about 20 staff members in our businesses.
1: I have a daycare, and so I'm responsible for 20 other families' children. It really hit home that we really need to have a storm shelter.
2: We needed the security. With the way the weather's been in the last few years, it really made us nervous.
0: To me, it, it means I have a safe place in my house.
2: This has given us more peace of mind every time we see a storm roll. I
0: don't worry now. I, I feel safe. I trust my life with it own your power. Four State Solar, powered by CLX Energy, can help you take control of the power in your home using solar energy. By booking an appointment at fourstatesolar.com, you'll receive a personalized recommendation based on your energy needs. We offer top quality products, plus professional installation and warranties by a leader in the industry. And you receive $25 for completing an appointment. Visit fourstatesolar.com and schedule an appointment today. It's time to own your power. And you guys cover, and we talked about it last episode actually about a, a large DMA. I mean, you know, you guys mm-hmm. be covering storms. Yes, maybe it is in southeast Kansas, but it still keeps that severity all the way through our whole area. Potentially, that's right. Um, what yep. just out of curiosity, what is the longest like? Cutting. You say wall to wall. Like, what's the longest cut in? If you, oh <laughs> if you had to just take a guess, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. but oh. well, now hey, I'm Chris, still you new to first, see, have this. This is easy back. for me
1: because I'm still new to this. I haven't had to go wall to wall per se as of yet. Um,
0: Knock on wood. Yeah, we're still
1: early in storm season. As Sam mentioned too, severe weather early in the morning is typically typically confined to squall lines. The only reason I would need to go wall-to-wall would be if we had a deratio type event, because that deratio happened very early in the morning.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Um, that would be something that would warrant wall-to-wall, but for me, again, it's a little easier, because we're already in a newscast. I'm not mm-hmm. covering any right. kind of special programming, because we were already on the air in the first place. We're just not stopping now. Um I know, you know, historically for uh for this area there have been a few wall-to-wall moments for the local stations. It, obviously the big one's going to come up is May 22nd. Yeah, I know yeah. uh, KOAM alone was on the air for I oh, don't know how many hours. Mm-hmm. Um could just consi- you know continuous coverage because it was a significant
2: Yeah. Event,
1: yeah, um, and and I've seen that at other, other TV stations. Now with YouTube, they can stream it, and you can go back and see their stations in the deep yeah. south during tornado season. You'll go back to their YouTube feed, and be like, oh. oh, hey, look, here's severe weather coverage. and it's eight hours long, yeah. and it is conti- like you see the beginning of their thing, like this is a severe weather alert, and they don't stop from that point where they say, we're breaking into programming because we have this tornado warning. Eight hours later, they've had all these tornado warnings and they've got crews everywhere covering damage and they have not stopped. Jeez.
2: Yeah. When I was in Tulsa, that's what happened frequently in the storm season. Um, I remember the Catoosa tornado of 94. No, I'm sorry, 93, April of 93. Um, I had read a paper actually from the AMS earlier that year talking about how polarity and lightning. In a supercell, when it first goes up, if it produces a particular type of lightning, it then goes to no lightning. That is a storm that you really, really need to pay attention to. So I'd read that paper, and that day we had already been looking for several days that there was going to be severe weather. Uh, And so I came into the station early that day. I think I came in at about noon, pulled all the data. And Gary, uh, the guy was the chief meteorologist at the time, uh, he said, well, call me when the wind switches at Tinker. (laughs) So sure enough, around two o'clock in the afternoon, the wind at Tinker Air Force Base swung around to Southwest, like 30 miles an hour, gusting to 45. So I immediately called Gary and said, wind has switched to Tinker. Because when the dry line surges that far east, that means eastern Oklahoma is going to be I mean, they're going to get nailed. Mm-hmm. So he was on his way into the station. Well, we were watching the storm and, and we, I think we did wall-to-wall coverage that day. I want to say 10 hours. It was non-stop from, um, like around four o'clock in the afternoon to midnight that night. I mean, it was, it was a long event. And of course there's been other events where I've chased storms. Uh, I chased the Fort Smith Arkansas tornado back when it was a supercell down in uh, Jefferson County near warwick Oklahoma, and I chased that thing all the way across <laughs> southeast Oklahoma, all the way up into Fort Smith.
0: Oh my gosh! And
2: after it had hit Fort Smith, I was on the air for the morning show, um, and I I think I was awake for like thirty, no, I think it was forty hours. I, oh I was my. awake for forty hours, and when I got home, I crashed and <laughs> collapsed. And that was an that was actually one of the most active severe weather seasons I'd ever covered. I think that was '96. I want to say, um, and that was quite an event. So yeah, we can go wall to wall for hours and hours, but those are kind of rare. Thank yeah. God, uh, in our area.
1: Yeah, and we yeah for that long of a period, wall to wall is is rare for us. I mean, we can go wall to wall two, three, four hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, because you get that regeneration. We get into the right? you know the season mm-hmm. where we're getting supercells. Well, if Something's not moving fast enough. You get a batch of supercells. They kind of die out. They do their thing, and then you get redevelopment behind and that. Then you get, a then squall you get line. the squall yep. line that comes in behind that. So it can it can warrant uh, a, a lot of uh, coverage.
2: Well, this season there was a there was an event where Chris and I were covering it. It wasn't wall to wall, but we were like breaking in like every. I don't know, 15 minutes or so there yeah, for a while. We had, Updates yeah, every we, time. yeah, we yeah. had a
1: number of severe thunderstorm warnings, and we ended up getting, I think, two, perhaps yeah, three there tornado, was a tornado warnings down in Newton County. Yeah, yeah. Um, that ended up coming out of that. Um, and the the thing is, too, is I think one of the reasons we were able to break in so often and, and, and stay on as we did, it was also like 1 o'clock right. in the morning. We're airing <laughs> paid you programming. and know, It slices, uh, it dices. Right. It's that. just one of those things where it's – it's one o'clock in the morning. We're both here at the station. There's nothing really important on air. Right. Let's just tell people about what's going on in like because full 3 Because a lot of people here.
2: probably were waking up because of the storms moving yeah. through. Yeah. And also one of the things we were trying to do too was, and I'm not going to, I'm not criticizing the National Weather Service, but, <laughs> but they, there is sometimes a tendency to be slower on the warnings for our area, especially in particular scenarios. And what I'm talking about is these QLCS-type tornadoes that form along the leading edge of these squall lines. And because the radar beam, by the time it gets over Joplin, it's looking several thousand feet up in the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. I think they're a little bit slower to pull the trigger on warnings, especially tornado warnings in that scenario. And so we were looking at the radar, and and Chris and I were in agreement like, wait a minute, this thing is rotating. This thing now has winds blowing in opposite directions at high speeds in a relatively small area we probably need to say if this isn't a tornado it can do damage similar to a small tornado yeah kind of in a way hinting at in fact i think we even predicted we said we would not be surprised if a tornado warning is issued on this storm at any moment and surely yeah, think, it was just bam, a few minutes later, few that minutes thing later came they out, actually so. did issue the, so we were in a way kind of predicting the tornado warnings to be issued in those kind of events. And so we were trying our best to stay ahead of it.
0: And yeah. I, I don't feel like that necessarily like, you know, undermines, you know, the national no, weather. No, of course Because, you know, you're you're saying almost in tandem, like, I anticipate because this is usually the reaction, you know, we're going to do this or, or Because they're
2: looking be. at the same data that we are. Okay, we're, yeah. we're getting the same yeah. radar data that they are. And we were probably, about the time that we were thinking that this needs to have a tornado warning, was they were probably in the office typing it out, you know, getting ready <laughs> yeah. to yeah. send it out. Well, so we were on the same page. It's just that they're in Springfield and we're here. Yeah,
1: and and you know to that point, because um, you know the Storm Prediction Center, which handles right? severe weather on a national level, the is watches. based in Norman, Oklahoma.
2: Okay,
1: um, and of course then they've got their National Weather Service office down there, in right the same you know, building. in the same place, <laughs> right there at Oklahoma City, just to the south. And I have watched again. I I, I just. I really do enjoy watching the severe weather coverage from uh, News 9 and and, uh, K4 in Oklahoma City. They do a phenomenal job. I don't know how many times between the two of them. They've got a weather service forecast office right there. How many times they have called tornado warnings, sometimes several minutes prior to it ever being issued. Because one of the resources we're about to have, they've got trackers on the ground or in the air, and they see it. And mm-hmm. they can see it on radar or they'll see it forming before the National Weather Service has an opportunity. Because that's the other thing. National Weather Service office, yeah, they've got a staff, but they're watching, in some cases, several storms that's over right. a yeah. large area. Yeah, yeah. And sense. they uh, also
2: issue a lot of different products. They, it's like, they have a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes <laughs> besides tornado warnings in at the National Weather Service. And so they may not have the opportunity to be watching like Chris said, one particular storm or mm-hmm. one particular or looking out the window or you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th- because they're inundated with all these other things that they have other responsibilities for. Yeah. And, and
1: then uh you know, there's been some cases, especially here um this past severe weather season, it seems, down in uh Little Rock was one of those right? situations um where the tornado in North Little Rock passed just almost right over the National Weather Service office. And another Louisville.
2: office had to take over. Right,
1: and they had to give those responsibilities of oh, those no. severe warnings to another office that may have already been dealing with severe weather of their own, and now they mm-hmm. have to take on this other one until they're clear. And I think Memphis had a similar yep, situation um, not long ago. So, um, and, and I believe that Norman's probably had that happen more than
2: oh, once yeah. with the
0: volume well, of They had to uh, evacuate activity.
2: the building, or they had to seek shelter themselves. And they passed on the responsibility to Tulsa. Oh. And so, so now Tulsa is issuing the warnings because there's <laughs> actually a little, little tornado outside the building of the National Weather Center there in Norman. So oh, there's a man. lot of
1: things that go on um, you know, with the National Weather Service. And that's why the thing is, is in a sense, they rely on us because sometimes yep. you will see – uh, again, like uh, News 9, they will see this tornado. They will say they, – they, they down there call it a News 9 tornado warning. Okay. But they'll say, you know, we're issuing a News 9 tornado warning because we see it. There it is on, on the tracker. Right. You can see the tornado forming. Here it is. This is where it is. And when the warning comes out, it often references back to reported by news media. Yeah. They rely on, on that sometimes because – again in Oklahoma City they've got a dozen trackers out in the field where the National Weather Service they don't have storm chasers out there they're relying on those kinds of reports and we will we only have one vehicle right. but by golly we'll be able to provide some of that same resource in here.
2: fact the National Weather Service in Springfield follows me on Twitter
1: and so <laughs> yeah. I posted
2: something the You're other day follow. and they liked it because they, they also check Twitter feeds and stuff like that and pub, uh, pictures from the public and so forth okay. to where yeah. they get confirmation of mm-hmm. hail falling at a particular location. In fact, I want to kind of plug one uh, app that people can download. It's called M P I N G, and it is a public uh, app. It, it doesn't cost anything. It was developed by the University of Oklahoma, and what it does is it allows the general public to report severe weather, and that information is sent directly to the National Weather Service and to media who have access to it. And so it's a public information-sharing app about weather. They can report snow. They can report hail. They can report rain. They can report tornadoes. Now, obviously, we don't want a bunch of yahoos (laughs) reporting. You know, there is a quality control Mm -hmm. aspect to the information, But it is a way for the public to get engaged and helping out the National Weather Service and helping us, too, because I like being able to pull up my radar scope app and looking and seeing the confirmation of hail on that particular storm. So anyway
0: yeah and i mean just kind of speaking to that engagement um and like when we talk about like the hierarchy of programming and like you know when to do it or what like with the procedural stuff but you know i've noticed as our um, koam youtube channel has grown you know you guys have been able to utilize that and that's real-time engagement as far as like the the what are they the live chat
2: exactly doug the doug and i the other day we were we weren't broadcasting on air but we were still streaming on our youtube channel yeah and we were actually engaging the community, they were giving us reports of where the damage was actually occurring because again, we are, we can't be everywhere all <laughs> the time, but we were getting reports from people in Carthage about trees damage. Mm-hmm. We were getting reports of power poles down. We were getting reports of the restaurant there in Jasper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, the public can help us as well. And so when we got those reports, we were then able to send our reporters to those locations to get the actual video so then we can share with the rest of the public. So it, it, it's a two-way street when it comes to information about weather information. And now with technology, we had that ability to engage the public. They send us information, and then we can likewise give them information.
1: Yeah, because, you know, a lot of storm damage reports would, would be delayed, sometimes right. up to a day, because— they just—that's just the way it worked. There was no direct way to immediately report this. Sometimes the only way to report was to call a number. Well, if you're in an area that's been hit by not even necessarily a tornado, it's just a strong storm that's taken out a power line or knocked right. down a telephone mm-hmm. pole. You can't call that in until the next day or when that's repaired. And so it would—that would delay the resp- uh, the report times for severe weather events. And with social media and everything else today, it it really helps. It does help. Uh, it helps a lot. And and you mentioned, you know, the YouTube streaming. That allows us to be on the air in a sense, mm-hmm. wherever you are, you know, whatever device you may have, we're on the air with you there without interrupting programming, unless it becomes a more serious situation. And even then, um, I, I don't know if we've uh, experimented with it here, but I know some television stations, you know, with the advent of digital subchannels, if there's a big severe weather event they'll move main programming to one of those sub-channels that maybe Mm -hmm. was airing something that's not so important. They'll move, like, hey, your CBS programming is on uh, 7.2 as we continue severe weather coverage here, and you can turn there. Um, And that way, our severe weather coverage is on the primary channel that people are going to be turning to. But if you're in an unaffected area, you could switch to the next one over and still see whatever game or whatever show you were wanting to watch.
2: And also, we have a tendency to be able to go into more depth of what's going on mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel and our sub channels that we might not necessarily be able to do on a regular broadcasting channel yeah. because we do want to go back to regular programming so I'm not going to be talking about okay now this storm up here is not severe right now <laughs> but it is about to become severe whereas on the YouTube channel we could do that we could say okay now you see the storm over here in Wilson County it's not severe right now, but we're looking at radar. And we're indicating that this storm may be about to become severe. So yeah. we can go. We can go into a little bit more in depth and a little bit more analysis. Uh, and when we are not even aren't show folks those on concern. the YouTube
1: stream too. Like That's we'll, right. We've got the radar on there. We'll zoom in. We'll show them things. But see, this is why we're saying this. We'll highlight. See how the hail size has been increasing on this, and there's right. more of it. We can give a little more in depth information onto why we're saying that. and Just saying. We think this storm's going to go severe. Why? Well, we can show you <laughs> why. And, and the thing is, when you're on our chat in the YouTube stream and you ask why, we can answer you right away. Right. We can be, hey, John Boy 73,
2: this is why. Right. Well, we did that with uh, we a lady had, had made a comment about it was hailing at her location. And so we were able to respond back, well, how big is the hail? Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice to know that it's hailing, but— you know, can you give us more information? Because hail size tells us how strong is the updraft, how severe is that storm, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's just a great great tool to use. And I strongly recommend that if people have not done so already, that they download or subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitter. Mine yeah. is Sam Lane WX, and uh, do you have a Twitter?
1: I do. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much automated, but it's uh, at Chris Warner 2 and of course, I got the Facebook, which is uh, Chris right. Warner TV. Um, so there's, and that's the things we we post our regular forecasts on there. Mm-hmm. We can do the streaming Instagram share as the, well. stream, the streaming links through there. There's so much that we can do on social media. And of course, if your power goes out,
2: chances are your phone is still powered. Your phone. Right.
1: Odds are, if we've been telling you when we've known for a couple of days that this severe weather event is happening hopefully you knew to have your phone fully charged that day yep. or have one of those power banks ready to go right because we were telling you that hey it's going to get pretty nasty in these areas well and there's
2: been numerous uh cases and, and stories about people huddling in their closets and bathrooms watching the coverage on their phone as the tornado's approaching. Oh, no doubt, yeah. So I and mean, obviously, you can't disconnect the TV and carry it <laughs> into your bathroom. I
1: mean, TVs are lighter these days than they <laughs> used to be, but not that's that not light. really a good thing to do when you are trying to take cover that's immediately right. is to try and disconnect your TV and all this other <laughs> right. stuff, bring it in, plug it in, right. reconnect it to the Wi-Fi, and then the power goes out, and you're right. still, now you've got a giant TV taken up after storm shelter.
0: <laughs> and I mean, it, it is all, you know, just to kind of close us out here, but but um, it's, it's so cyclical. You know, you guys obviously have to dig through a lot of data and, and technology just from the storms front, but just that community element, I feel like really just goes, you know, a long way. And I agree. like you said, obviously, they have all the social media channels. So check them out on Twitter. Um, they each have their own respective Facebooks and our, our YouTube channel where they're going to be, they've been doing some uh, pretty decent streamings recently. Um, and yeah,
2: bear with us on that a little bit because oh, we're no, still kind
0: of
1: pretty decent, huh? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, Frequency. pretty,
0: pretty decent streaming. <laughs> Frequency, I see how uh, it is. These are pretty decent <laughs> podcast <yeah. Yeah>. lamps. <laughs> no, they've been great. Now I'm saying you guys have been doing them more frequently, which I think has been awesome. Right. And, um, yeah. obviously our, our, and Plus app um, that we've been doing more stuff with so to, to close it out I'm pretty sure I thank you guys in every episode but it's thank you for serving our community and the work that you do I mean you know we couldn't, we couldn't be here without you as far as keeping our community safe um, and keeping them informed. So thank you guys for pleasure. doing this this yeah. season. Um, for those of you listening, thank you so much for listening. Share with your friends, um, you know, post it on your social medias, write us questions on Facebooks. whatever you want to do. Um, and then last but not least, thank you to our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. Four State Solar, powered by CLX Energy. Uh, You can check them out at fourstatesolar.com to get a um, a quote on some solar panels. Stickland and Stickland Law Firm. You can find them at sticklandinjurylaw.com for any injury law needs. The um, choice of a lawyer is an important one, so do your research and check them out. And Atlas Safe Rooms for um, you know safe rooms, storm shelters, anything like that. You can learn more at AtlasSafeRooms.com. Thank you so much for your guys' support. Um, we have some um, more podcasts coming down the line. I won't tease too much yet. Check us out, you know, on Facebook and to see what we got going on there. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to KOAM presents for the latest content and local news, weather, and sports. Please go to koamnewsnow.com.